Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, Queering Spiritual Care. My name is Joey. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am a storyteller, a clinical chaplain, and the grateful creator and host of this spiritual care podcast from the LGBTQIA perspective. Even though this podcast is made through a queer lens, it is for every human, no matter your beliefs or non-beliefs, traditions or practices. Make a cup of tea, pull out the nail polish, take a deep breath, settle in. This space is for you. Hi, everybody. Special uh, Memorial Day 2021 bonus episode today. I'm making this episode because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to memorialize today. I am a pacifist, a nonviolent resistor. It's the way I was raised. My family raised me and my siblings to be pacifistic in our nature and it the reason that we were raised that way by my parents is because <clears throat> Jesus seems to have a very clear and strong pacifist rhetoric when it comes to his teachings and his behaviors and actions <laughs> the one that always strikes me is love your enemy. And I can't successfully love my enemy if I'm killing them, right? Or attacking them. And of course, nonviolence and pacifism are found in a lot of different areas and are complex because it doesn't mean just not killing someone. It also means watching how you talk to and about others and yourself because there is a form of violence that happens with our words and our thought life some people find it frustrating that i am a pacifist and they find it especially frustrating on days like Memorial Day and July the 4th, which happen over summertime, <clears throat> a time when people should be <laughs> generally, you know, pretty happy and enjoying time together out in the sun. Instead, people want to debate and they get in arguments with me about my pacifism. So today you might be a pacifist or a nonviolent resistor like me. And finding that Memorial Day is a difficult day for you in one regard or another. Or maybe you're somebody who's not a pacifist, not a nonviolent resistor, and you have your reasons for that. And I'm not going to spend time here judging or shaming you for that. I'm just telling you that my personal approach is based on a pacifist ethic. 
and as the former Pope John Paul II would have said, a consistent ethic of human life. I find then that I have to find different things to memorialize on Memorial Day because I'm not spending a lot of time and energy thinking about soldiers. And if I am thinking about soldiers, I'm just praying and wishing that they would get an opportunity to go home and put down their weapon and never fight ever again. I want to plead on my knees before President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris and and ask them to start considering taking people out of this violent soldiering equation, not perpetuating war, but being the ones who are the leaders in peace and peacemaking. And yet we fancy ourselves in this country, the peacemakers. And we are not, in fact. We are not. And our history is rife with violence. Violence toward other countries, certainly, but violence within. In all different forms. So today I want to memorialize peace and acts of peace and acts of restoration and reconciliation, not acts of killing. That's what I'm choosing to memorialize today. And this is a very uh, queer perspective. So whoever you are, whatever you're doing today on this Memorial Day 2021, as you listen to this episode, please remember that this space is for you. And I'm not here to convince you of a certain way of being today because you're going to celebrate Memorial Day how you choose to celebrate it. I just invite you to consider above all things human stories and the value that they bring. And because of that, today I want to memorialize a very particular story. What is Memorial Day for? if not stories. Stories about human lives and connection. And this is the story that came to mind today. When I was in seminary, I had a professor who is now retired as a professor, um, but remains an ordained Lutheran pastor. There are people who will listen to this episode who know exactly who I'm talking about. This professor was, uh, is considered the greatest preeminent Lutheran scholar in the world currently living. And I had the, the real pleasure, the real gift, the real privilege of being able to study under him and and it was just a really marvelous experience because he is truly an amazing and inspiring 
teacher. He taught me how to be a good Lutheran pastor in the beginning. I am no longer a Lutheran pastor, and it's a tradition. Lutheran Christian spirituality is no longer a tradition that I am a part of, although I still consider it a part of me in various ways because it shaped me. Why am I talking about this professor? Because I want to memorialize today a story that he told me that has nothing to do with violence, but the end of a certain kind of violence and the beginning of a new story of reconciliation, peace and peacemaking, and rethinking how we experience connection with others. This professor would often tell us stories about his former wife, a woman who had died. She had died of cancer. And he was remarried to a wonderful woman, a Lutheran pastor in New Jersey. And he seemed pretty happy. But the story of how he lost his former wife was pretty brutal. And he would get he would get pretty vulnerable with us sometimes and share stories about the pain associated with this loss. And what was interesting to me is here's this white, this old cisgender heterosexual white man who is a hard ass in a lot of ways. Uh, really tough on people who disagreed with him in class. Had very strong barriers and walls up around his persona. He confessed to us that he was an introvert and that he had to put on an act in order to teach class. He was performing for us. But underneath all of the performance and the hard-ass nature of this amazing scholar, there was a tenderness, an openness, a wounded heart. There is a wounded heart at the center of LGBTQIA plus experiences, aren't there? Isn't there? If you are a queer or trans person of some variety listening to this episode today, you know what I'm talking about. John Mayer sings the song in his album Continuum, I Know the Heart of Life is Good. And we, if we were to rewrite that song as queer folks, might say, I know the heart of life fucking hurts. (laughs) It bleeds. It's still good, yes, but it it fucking hurts and it fucking bleeds. I apologize if you're hearing a lot of creaking. There's um, some activity going on above and below me today in this apartment building. So this professor would tell stories about his spouse and her cancer, her battle with cancer for seven or so years. 
And in the end, it got really bad. And she was on her deathbed, and she was suffering, and he was suffering, and he was trying to show up to teach class and trying to show up to preach sermons in the seminary chapel and trying to continue being a pastor. And I can say as a pastor myself, it is really hard to be a pastor when you're grieving. It's really hard to do a lot of things when you're grieving, but pastoring is very fucking hard when you're grieving. Now, this professor had a student. This was before I became um, a student at the seminary. This was um, a couple years before 2009, and I didn't start seminary until 2011. <clears throat> and... This student was uh, openly gay, uh, not closeted. That was one thing that was great about this seminary is that it had a reputation for being the underdog Lutheran seminary and the gay seminary, the gay Lutheran seminary, because this seminary was opening its doors to LGBTQIA plus folks long before it was something that was considered remotely socially acceptable especially within the church. And raising up queer and trans folks to be pastors. How cool is that? 75% of my classmates who graduated in my seminary year were uh, queer identifying in some way, which is pretty remarkable. But before any of that, this professor and his wife were in a time of great suffering and struggle as his wife was dying. And he had been very clear with his students at the time. I think this was 2007 that the Bible was explicitly and incredibly painfully clear about the fact that queer expressions of sexuality were sinful and unacceptable in the eyes of God. And he stood on this. Another cishet white guy <laughs> standing on the truths, quote unquote, of scripture, only to create barriers and hurt and harm. And he could not see the barriers and the hurt and the harm that he was causing and building. And this student of his, this openly gay student of his, was his star pupil at the time. I'll call this student David. And David was getting 
A's on all of his papers. He was acing his tests and exams and quizzes. He was preaching remarkable sermons that the professor said made the hair on his neck stand on end. They were so powerful because they were sermons chock full of grace and unconditional love. And he could not help but be impressed by this student. And he was so busy and he was so stressed and he was so run down. And one day, this student noticed that the professor was stressed and run down and approached him and said, Hey, uh, I... I'm wondering how you're doing, I, I, and which is a which is a bold move <laughs> on the part of the student. Leave it to a gay man to be bold. And the professor said, "My wife is dying in a moment of vulnerability, actively dying, and I have to teach and I have to grade papers, and I'm just so run down." A moment of vulnerability with a student. This is very rare for a lot of teachers, but especially this teacher. And this student said to his professor, I would like to help if I can. And eventually, and I'm not sure how this happened because I wasn't there, one thing unfolded after another and the student spent all of his extra time when he wasn't in class and wasn't working and doing homework, sitting with the professor's dying wife, taking care of her, loving her, making her feel worthy in her last moments bringing her the dignity that she deserved as she lay in excruciating pain in her deathbed. He held her hand, he sang to her, he read to her from the book of Psalms in the Bible. He got her the things she needed, food and water. He wiped her when she soiled herself. He worked out of that wounded heart to give the gifts of compassion and empathy and to sow peace where there was some violence, knowing full well that his professor thought that he was probably going to hell for being gay. And that his professor thought that he, at the end of all things, despite what a great student he was, should not be a pastor. The professor's wife died. And the student attended the funeral, as did many others. And the professor, when he looked upon his student, was moved deeply 
moved more than he thought humanly possible. This person, this vessel of God's love and grace to my wife is an openly gay man and more than any other person deserves to be a pastor. And now I have to rethink my beliefs. What a gift, my friends. What a gift that we could rethink our beliefs. And so as we memorialize this story today, one of the things we're we're memorializing is the reminder that it is possible for beliefs to change. Who said beliefs shouldn't change? Who said that? Figure out who that person is and tell them that they're wrong. Lovingly and respectfully, of course, but tell them that they're wrong. And this student changed the old professor. And to quote Dr. Seuss, the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. (laughs) But truly, truly, this professor was so moved and so changed by this that he rethought his beliefs entirely and was able to articulate powerfully why LGBTQIA plus folks should be allowed to be pastors in the church with no questions asked and should be allowed to be married with no questions asked. And in 2009, a year that lives on in great memorial (laughs) for the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, this professor drafted a statement that was a gift to the entire denomination. And in the statement, he laid out his argument for why LGBTQIA plus folks should not be discriminated against in the church, period. No questions asked. And this decision, of course, changed the student's life. And this decision, of course, came from a place of reconciliation and changed beliefs and a changed heart because what did this man do? This gay man, this student, lived out of a place of vulnerability and authenticity and compassion and empathy and care. He cared about his professor. He cared about his professor's wife. And so he helped until the end. And that professor, from that day forward, would tell this story to his classes, tell them, I changed my mind. I changed my beliefs. And I aligned them more closely with the truth. And so I'm here today to tell you, dear ones who are listening today, dear earthmakers, dear lovelies, that it is not an argument 
a, even a well-crafted argument that's going to change the hearts of people who are angry or who are set in their ways. It is acts of compassion and empathy and kindness and care. That's what's going to change people. Leave it to us, us queers, <laughs> to move mountains, right? And here's what I'm telling you now. If you're a queer person, a trans person, somewhere under that umbrella listening to me today, you are capable of moving mountains. And just by being yourself and living authentically, you are moving mountains and you are splitting the seas and you are breathing life into places where there is death and hearts are being changed and peace is being made. And I wish and desire deeply in my bones to memorialize that today. And so I do today. I memorialize that. Is it your job to change the hearts of cis, straight people? No, it is not. You are free of that obligation. But you are free also to love and care, even in the face of difficulty, even in the face of pushback. You are free to make peace. You are free to bring life where there is death so that hearts may be changed. So that hearts may be changed. And this is the gift, dear ones, that we queer folks bring to the world. <laughs> we bring this to the world. I mean, can you imagine just like the amazing ways that the world is changing, has been changed, will continue to be changed because we bring this gift. I memorialize you today and the story you're telling with your life. And I love you so much. You are enough exactly as you are. Take good care of you today, and I'll see you soon. <laughs>